to the Real Deal Media podcast channel, where you can hear all your latest favorites. You can live your life, accomplish all your objectives, and listen to the most effective show on the internet, on television, anywhere today. Right here at the Real Deal Media podcast. Okay. Late night thoughts. Okay, welcome back to Late Night Thoughts right here at uh, Real Deal Media's official podcast station, channel, and uh, classroom. I'm your late night thought master, self-proclaimed genius, uh, also a very well-renowned artist uh, within my living room. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's me, Dean Ryan, uh, your late night host, where we do our late night thoughts, where we talk about everything, anything, and nothing at all, all in one because in late night, anything goes. Okay, joining me tonight is going to be a uh, familiar, somewhat familiar face to Real Deal Media. Uh, his name's Jim Greer. He's been on World at War several times. He's also featured in the Blockbuster Cinema, the documentary that has rocked the cinematic doco world. That is The Guru Deception. You might remember him from that uh, masterpiece. Well, Jim Greer is joining me tonight, and uh, believe it or not, we can actually hear him. He's not there in the outback, uh, somewhere standing on someone's roof with an antenna in his hand trying to get the best signal. We actually have him here joining us, and also featuring a, a new friend of mine named Nikki, who's actually helping put this um, Late Night Thoughts broadcast and interview together. She's going to be joining us. She's over there in Australia. Both of them are, actually, and uh, let's welcome... Jim Greer, the real-life Crocodile Dundee, I'm proud to say. Jim. Hey, Dean. How you going, man? God, I can hear you loud and clear and crisp. It's like I'm right there. Like I feel like I'm like your braces, if you had braces for your teeth. I'm like right there. You're right. I'm, oh, okay. You're, you're like sitting on the base of my lips. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yes, yes. Is, um, yeah, as uh, unusual as that sounds, I'm right there. First time hearing you. And I'm also joining with uh, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm great, mate. How are you? Good. You know, you told me before we got started here that you're having a Australian beer, I'm assuming. And what exactly is that? Because for many Americans, we only know Foster. <laughs> ah, so um, I've, I've got Forex uh, and uh, Nikki's on Kilkenny. I'm having an Irish beer. Irish like beer. Mm. Look at the Irish. Are there a lot of Irish in Australia? Mm, we, we've got a, a pretty mixed bag of uh, different people mm. here all over the place, which helps yeah. with the, you know, bringing all the different beers into the country and all that sort of thing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. Never, well, you don't have Mexicans. That's unusual. No. No, no there's not a lot of Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, how would they get there? I don't know. I, I guess they can't get across the border. <laughs> no, it's a, that's a long swim. That is. How many how many days of a swim would that be from, uh, let's say, California to Australia? Uh, probably around about six months. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> really, well, that's, it's not so bad. Um, well. Well, if I if I had the time, I you know I test it out. But you know, I'm uh, 
Oh, well, you're, just... you're a busy man. You can't expect you to start swimming today. No, no. I don't think anyone's done that and or at least survived it. I've never heard of that, but that's unusual. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, it's so good to talk to both of you um, here at the Late Night Thoughts. They're our little franchise uh, podcast here at Real Deal Media. And, you know, it's it feels like I've known you guys for a long time. But it's just so good to make friends all over the world. And I don't know if you're like me. It's it's hard to make friends the older we get, especially in, in the way the world is. And it's it used to be so scary. Like I remember going to high school and it was like, oh, my God, who am I going to make friends with? I need to make friends with someone just to fit in and find a click. So I don't you know, I don't eat lunch alone, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. And then the older we get, we're like a bit more selective and like, uh, you know, I'll pass. I'd rather be alone than have that yeah. drama. But, you know. Yeah. So I, I, it's. You know, that feeling up all too well. That's uh, part and parcel of the bush, you know. It's, um, yeah. But when you, when you meet people you click with, you know, no matter what age, gender, whatever, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real cool thing for, especially for busy people like myself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. we need somebody to fall back on these days. Hey, this is Asian. Yeah, true and so heartfelt and, and so real. And, yeah, well, thank you. well yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, that's just what it is. I, may, maybe because you know, someone once told me, the older you get, the more selfish you get. And I thought about that for the longest time. I'm like, no, that can't be true. Then I'm thinking, you know what? It, it, in some regard, it is. Because we're very selfish of our time and where we spend it and who we spend it with. I, I guess yeah. that's the way to phrase it, right? When you're younger, you, you tend to try and do your best to impress whoever's around you just to be able to fit in. And when you get older, you, you tend to do the opposite where you don't want to have everyone around you. You, you just want to select few because the rest are too much trouble. Yeah. Um, you know. And you've lived, yeah. <clears throat> you've lived life experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like when we were younger, like in my case, I was just trying to find a, a group of people that wouldn't beat me up and then protect me from others that were trying to beat me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's what it was like a desperation, like friends out of desperation. I think the term would, would be back. Then oh, would, uh, yeah. 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 And the same applies to dating too. Like throughout my twenties, it was okay. Who, who's got it going on? That's who you want to go on a date with. And, you know, earlier too, but then you get to a point like, okay, um, she, she's, uh, that's too much drama, way too many kids, way too many ex, uh, this and that. And the red flags are more obvious. And I think as getting older is kind of frowned upon in, in societal, the new societal standards, I think it's great in the sense we have, we have an idea of who we are, and we have an idea of who we want to be with and hang out with. Yeah, yeah, and just being comfortable within yourself and being yeah, comfortable with being with. Yeah. Yeah. In that should be promoted more for aging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. You know? <laughs> Get comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What they're always down, they're always down talking aging, like the wrinkles, yeah. the white hairs, but they never tell you the, the, the upside of it, the less drama. <laughs> yeah, like it, you've actually understood what sort of people will 
you know, bring you down and all that sort of stuff. So you, you get a better feeling of life when you can pick and choose and you, you can see who's trouble and who's not trouble in your life. Um, like Jim, I don't know if you know, like, you know, I, I don't know all your background, which we'll have to get into a, a whole array of things, but going out with the guys, especially when I turned of age and, you know, could drink, it was so uncomfortable because the pressure of having to keep up with everyone's drink quantities, like they would bag on you if I did, if I wasn't on the same amount of beer they were. And so it was so much pressure and you didn't want to be called, oh, you're a pussy, you know, you just, yeah. So it wasn't fun in that regard. It was more of like doing cool. an Olympic sporting event every time you went out. And that's, there's so much pressure to that. And a massive yeah. hangover the next day. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Now it's but just it like um, we just go out now. Like if we were out together, all three of us, we'd just be having a drink and nobody would be thinking, oh, you better catch up. You're behind. You know, there's none of that. I love uh -huh. that. I said, so, would you like another one? You go, oh, no, nah, I think I've had enough. Or I'm right on this one. Yeah, I'm eating. You know. And, you know, so, like, it's about more in, about enjoying that moment, enjoying that, that time out. Yes. Enjoying how many beers can we drink? Yeah, Nick, you have no idea. I mean, like, <laughs> we we had, like, trophies that, that were given to, to our group of friends. If you were the king of, of you know, the – drinking the fastest which i won i didn't you know begrudgingly but yeah that that's that's what i did i did i beat like a guy who was like six foot five 300 pounds i beat him i, I drank my beer faster than him and um but yeah so yeah there's there's some pros to aging everybody if you're listening to this there really is i think that um i don't think you should be scared of getting old that's for sure i know yeah i mean i am scared of getting old but maybe like I'm, I'm scared, but I'm also appreciative too. It's 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 a love hate. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, we don't like getting old because you know you feel the aches and pains a bit more. And, yeah. But at the same time, you, you don't do things that are you know as stupid as you would have done when you were younger because you know it's going to hurt at the end of the day. Yeah, that, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I can't uh, the, the physical things. I can't leap from building the building like I used to and climb walls and. Uh, you know, you know I used to do a lot of um abseiling and rock climbing and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very outdoorsy sort of a bloke and took a yeah. lot of risks. You know, like I, eventually I was abseiling without the rope and um used to race people down the, the cliff faces, you know, running down the cliff, yeah. going past people that were climbing up with rope and would run down past them and we never thought anything of it, but I, I wouldn't be doing that now. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I don't do anything physical like that, Jim, because I have the worst luck in the world. It, and it would just take one one wrong turn and that'd be it. I'd break two legs and, and a hip. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. That's why I don't go skiing, rock climbing or anything that, that's remotely dangerous. Um, but yeah, that that's just... Now, did you... Um, were you like into sports like growing up, like a lot of kids? I mean, I played soccer. Did you play soccer? I, I did when I was really little. I played soccer for a little bit, but uh, mm -hmm. and then you know, a little bit of Aussie rules football and a bit of tennis. Now that like I that. don't understand, what what is Aussie rules football? Is it just football, but they just put Australia in front of it and the word rule? No, no it's, it's complicated. It's, yeah, it's a bit complicated. Uh, we, yeah. we like to call it aerial ping pong. <laughs> okay, 
Um, that's, that's crazy. It's not like rugby or um, like your gridiron or something like that. This is more kick the ball and if you catch it, someone can tackle you. But if they tackle you too hard, then, you, you know, you can get a free yeah. Now, what about what about yourself, Nikki? Did you play tennis? I know tennis is a big deal. Um, the Australia Open is a huge thing uh, in Melbourne. I almost went to it one year with my uncle out there. I've always wanted to go. Were, were you a sports aficionado? Yeah, I was, a, I was a tennis, a bit of a tennis freak actually growing up. Um, used to play and, and train, had coaching, had a coach um, for many, many years and played two competitions a week. And Oh, my God. Yeah, I was pretty full cool on. And then I okay, played. that's crazy. So you you got really into tennis. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to play um, mixed doubles. Actually, my mum and I used to play as well. Um, yeah, we had a couple of competitions going throughout the week. And then, um, of course, I had to have a coaching as well to keep your form going. But, um, yeah, another big thing in my life was softball. Big softball player. Massive okay. Softball. I represented, like, the state. Here in New South Wales, and represented my high school and Sydney. Wow! And, yeah. Did, did you? Um, were you ever in line to, to uh, do the Olympics at all? Ah, uh, no, nah, no. Nah. I was probably too old by that time, I think. But, okay. Um, yeah. No, I um, and and working too. I mean, I was I was playing for a, a Sydney team um mm-hmm. in, in football when I was working full time. So no, probably if I had it, maybe not been working full time and really taken up seriously, maybe. Okay. Well, um, that's. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Oh, as I uh, almost, I fell off my couch here. Um, <laughs> yep. See, see. Now, you want to go rock climbing with me? See what would happen. <laughs> I'd be falling down. It, it and Jim would have to throw his hand out and grasp grasp onto me like cliffhanger. That's all right. Um, I can do that. I know. But I, I don't want us to have to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but. Life-saving moment. Uh, but in, in my more recent years, like in my life, I, did, I was a fitness instructor, so I was teaching um, at a gym at gyms. Um, okay. Well, okay. well, um, I like to say I was a lion tamer for a summer, but that wasn't true. <laughs> I, um, no, not at all. No, actually, believe it or not, from the age of seven to thirteen, I was pretty serious in in the world of tennis. I was part of the. Uh, United States Tennis Association. I was hoping yeah, to go. Wow. Uh, I know. I was hoping Bless to go pro. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> well, you have to start tennis early. It's not one of those things you're like, oh, I'm 34. I think I'll pick up tennis and, and go pro. You have to like start really, really young, you know, yeah. like Augusty and Sampras. And, you know, so naturally I did. But my problem was I, I had, um, I got really angry. And uh, it, it's during the games and the matches, because, you know, the other guy was always getting favored. So um, yeah, I, I thought that when I was playing tennis, but that's because he always got to hit the ball and I could never hit it. <laughs> yeah, so there's I'll that. Would, you know. There's that. I always lost to this like little Asian guy who was like this prodigy and I hated him. He's like this <laughs> whiz kid. And it just yeah, anyways. So I did that for a few years and I said, no, nah, I think I'm good. But anyway, so that's kind of an introduction to our uh, our athleticism uh, from across the world. But uh, so a lot of people are saying, um, you know, what's in the news and all that and everything. We cover that. But uh, how did we meet uh, Jim um, 
Actually, how do we how do I how do we all know each other? Because a lot of people are probably uh, curious about that um, that encounter. Well, I think a lot of it um, sort of stemmed from the convoy side of things. Okay, the convoy. That's and that's a big topic. So, uh, kind of the event. And Nikki, is that how I met you? Is it through the convoy? Were you uh, acquainted prior? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you did a great interview with YouTube, and then I was okay. I watched a few more of your, your shows, and yeah, taken by what you were presenting, what you were doing, your recording, and uh, yeah. Did, did I present it right? Was I biased to the narrative? No. Okay, good. good. Right. Sometimes. You're really well. You just, yeah, you're just, okay, good. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it, well, you know yeah, I was just making, I was making it all up as I go. You know, no, no, it was, no, it was, it was a quite an event. I, I'm glad we all found each other, but um, yeah, yeah. So J Jim Greer is a, well, if I said, uh, let me ask Nikki, this is our new game. It's called fill in the blank. Uh, this for Nikki. Jim Greer is a. Beautiful, humble human being. Yes. A cook. A, oh. a, a, a a croc wrestler, a outback tour guide. He's the outback. He's a surfer. He can do out. He can. Is there, I don't think there's anything that Jim cannot do. To be honest. Well, he can't play the didgeridoo, as we found out. You know what else he can do? He can he make software. He used to run a computer yeah. business doing software. Um, okay. He's just an all rounder. He My can build God. a house. Oh, crazy. Jim, you're the most interesting man in the world. Seriously, it is like... I do all my own mechanics. Um, I teach bush survival skills. I can track and hunt anything in the bush. Uh, mm. DJ. Um, DJ, photographer. You run in hospital. You run... Um, bars, resorts, hotels. And, you know, he used, used to do um, a lot of mountain biking and, and uh, things like that. And, like that. God, there's a huge repertoire. I'm assuming you you can uh, rollerblade, too, I assume. Roller skate. Oh, throw I that on. Too, I can. <laughs> Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, he's a, but Jim Greer is a cook. And since I'm starving right now, I thought we'd just get into the world of uh, Australian food and cooking because... There is one thing that represents Australia when it comes to the, the cuisines of, of the world, you know, and for the life of me, I don't understand it. I've tried it. I've smelt it. I've given it a go. I, I, I hold it right up there with escargot from the French and that's Vegemite. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. my Vegemite. Okay. Let's get into this. Cause I have so many emails about this. Um, we, we just had a viewer who is in um, Melbourne, Australia, named uh, John McBride, quite an unusual uh, character. Who uh, He looks like a, a very tall Yosemite Sam. He has a huge red beard. I don't know. I think he thinks yeah. he's in Montana. Well, as a uh, sign of gratitude, he sent one of our producers, Lisa Duthie, a huge box of Vegemite to her uh, <laughs> uh, residence in England. <laughs> And he was going to offer an, an exceptional amount of money if she would eat a Vegemite sandwich live on air. So what the hell is Vegemite and why does it not smell so pleasant? 
Now, Vegemite is... Uh... <laughs> See, we don't even know. <laughs> no, we do. We, we do know. I, I know exactly what it is. So when you make beer, right, and, and you've got your beer and your, your big vats, now what's left is um, like a, a sort of a sludge on the bottom of the beer vats, and, and that then you get... You reduce that down, and that becomes your Vegemite. Okay. So it's the leftover liquid on the bar mat at um, your local pub, which I Yeah, yeah. And we, we just bring it out into a jar, let it dry, and thicken it up a bit, and put it in a jar, yeah. Wow. Um, you, can, you can sort of um, touch it up a little bit if you um, slice or thinly slice up a drop there, and you put that, you know, in... On your toast with the with the Vegemite on top, it's pretty good. Okay, it, it must be you know when when the felons first came to Australia, they really didn't have much options. They're like uh, they must create a Vegemite. It's yeah. just uh, I don't know. That's a it, it's a tough crumb. But now you mentioned uh, Outback, yeah. and the Outback is it's huge. Uh, I've been to Australia a handful of times in my life. I have family over there, and I went to a place called Blue Mountain, and yep. uh, I don't think the people know. That it's just, you can see, it looks like a screensaver. It doesn't look real, but it's just so wide. And when you look at the continent of Australia, only a slither of that continent is um, habited by people on the coast. Yep. Yeah. We're not even sure about the middle who lives there. That's just unknown and underground bases and what have you but exactly. well, let's get into that what what is in the middle of australia just like china we don't really know what's in the middle of china except for the great wall well it, um there's hills and there's trees <laughs> um oh, most of there's, there's a couple of big rocks out there like as rocks in the middle of the country um there's some gorges out there but there, there are communities like um aboriginal communities and stuff like that right um but it is uh, a pretty rough terrain, and, and um, it can get quite hot during the summers and all that sort of stuff. I, I'd imagine. Well, I, I'm surprised that Australia never really went into that desert to make like a Las Vegas, like they did in the uh, Nevada deserts and mountains. You know, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> would that be great? See, yeah, yeah it like, would be. Yeah, like if, if there was just like a, you start with like a mile strip or less than that, it's kind of like Vegas did. Yeah, and you know, you, you you throw some lounge singers out there, some crooners, you know, midnight comedians, and you got something. Mm. That'd be great. I don't know if that's a, well. I guess you're in the works. You're going to be like the uh, the Wayne Newton of that whole uh, area. I can see it. Yeah. So that's something. But anyway, so you, you're talking about being in the middle of Australia now. What is Jim Greer, who is who has a, a potential new? Uh, uh, outdoorsy kind of kind of show that uh, might be hitting the airwaves in 2023, but uh, you didn't hear from me. But you mentioned cooking. Now, do you cook like these cowboys do, like an iron skillet? Uh, you do the hunting with a boomerang because the boomerang uh, is for hunting and, and just do it all from scratch. How would you do that in the outback? What does Jim Greer do, the uh, your live crocodile, Dundee? Well, if, um, if you don't have Things like your, your common utensils, and yeah, you can make spears or, or boomerangs out of trees. And um, what you use is a, a sharp rock, um, like a 
piece of quartz or something's got a really sharp edge. And you can use that with a, a piece of ironstone or something behind it, like a hammer, so that it becomes like a chisel. So you can split your timber. And okay. then you, you get your rock again, you can sand things down and, um, you know, so if you get like the corner of a branch, you know, like your, your branch goes up and it's got a big bend in it. So that's where we make the boomerang out of is that bended bit. Um, and then once you've got that, you can you throw it and they're, they're pretty heavy and pretty sharp by the time you finish. So like, for example, if I was to throw it at your legs, it, it'd probably leave a pretty hefty hole in your leg. Yeah. Yeah. That's not probably not a good idea to do that. Yeah. Let's... Yeah. And then, and then as far as like, uh, you know, say, when you're talking about putting it on a skillet to cook it, uh, if you don't have a skillet, we just find a um, like a piece of slate rock. Well, wait, wait a second. What exactly are we going to be cooking on, on this um, virtual uh, Outback uh, tiki tour here? Okay. Yep. So uh, anything from um, kangaroo to oh. uh, we, we, well, we like eating our national emblem. We eat the emus as well. Um, not everyone. A, a lot of people in the city got no idea of how to do any of this, but for me, I'll, I'll eat emus or I'll eat kangaroos or oh. eat, um, goats or any other animal that's really kicking around, crocodiles, snakes. Koalas? No, they, they get a bit tough. They're a bit like wombat. Oh. Wombat's oh, yeah. good, but you know, not a fan. Yeah. We should just I leave know. them alone, yeah. Yeah, wombat's probably the one of the ones I, I wouldn't play with too much. Even if you wanted to hit one in your car, you probably got more chance of the wombat breaking your car than the car breaking the wombat. Really? Uh, now, to my understanding, the, the boomerang was really designed or used uh, by the Aborigines to go uh, hunt bats. Is that is that true? And then they would eat the bat? Well, I don't know about that because I personally wouldn't eat a bat. It's not my thing. Um I mean, some of them may have, but a lot of people have got the idea that when you, you make a boomerang, you're supposed to throw it and it's supposed to come back to you, and that's a good boomerang. But I, if my boomerang come back to me, I'd be ducking in a hurry because that thing's going to hurt when it hits me. So yeah. you're better off making it. So uh, the idea if you get a stick, just a normal stick, and you try and throw it, it you're not going to get very far. But if you right. make it so it's flat, you know, you cut it halfway in the middle of the stick and you make it flat on one side and round on the other, then right. it will actually work on a flat level. So you can throw your stick for a lot longer. And if it's got sharp edges and it stays flat, it'll go right. very fast and, very, and it'll hit hard and fast and take the legs of a kangaroo and emu or something like that out. Oh, my God. You can go up with your spear afterwards and spear whatever you hit. And then you just drag it back to the fire. Most of the time, we don't even use it grill or fire pit or anything like yeah. that. Um, we just chuck it straight on the fire. After mm -hmm. You might put guts or something out, but usually just chuck it straight on the fire. The skin and the fur protects the meat while you're cooking it so you're not getting dirt and stuff inside the food. And then once it's cooked, you can peel the skin off and away you go. You've got a whole heap of meat. Oh, yeah. that can wow. Well, Nick, are you hearing this? Are you, are you getting hungry to eat some Joey? Well, I think she's just Ducked off for a quick run to go and grab a Oh, so. well, she probably, she probably, she's probably getting hungry for uh, a kangaroo um, well, panini or something. She might, she might have even been going looking for a kangaroo out the door now. We've said that. Oh, you know? my. 
Oh my God. I, I can't even, I don't want to think about eating kangaroo. Oh my God. That's, hmm? oh, wow. Kangaroo, kangaroo is 98% fat free. It tastes a bit like beef, but way better. It's pretty yummy. Yeah, you, you know, have to you have, to have some, but you, you're going to have to come over and visit us, and we'll, I'll oh. take you out. We'll get some kangaroo. And, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I might be uh, vegan by the end of this uh, interview, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'll give it. I'll you know what? I'll be open minded yeah. to it because. What about seafood? We can go and get you some turtle. Well, I'm just. It can't be any worse than Vegemite, so I'm open to anything at that point. All right. Well, I was going to cook mean, it with Vegemite. Oh God. You know what? If you get you guys get me drunk enough, I'll, I guess I'll eat it. I mean, there's no point of us in room. But um, so that's interesting to me because there's such an appeal to everything you you, you mentioned um, as far as the ambiance and the uh, the nature of doing it. It's very much in line with the the Western Old West, the Wild West, the OK Corral kind of the themes we have here. Uh, in the United States. I mean, mm. in Wyoming alone, you know, the buffalo still roam and there's still wild horses throughout the U.S. Yeah. Montana, you know, and the, um, yeah, we, the we Great get buffalo Plains. Too. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. You guys had buffalo. Yeah, more so up towards Darwin, but we do have buffalo up there, wild buffalo. Um, and we, we we've do. also, you know, like the, the cattle and the, the wild Brahmin bulls and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm not not scared of dragging one of them down by their tail either. No, no. Well, I've noticed about the, the Australian wildlife are very exotic. Like they look similar to a lot of the animals in the rest of the world, but yeah. then there's something that's very, just drastically different about wildlife uh, in Australia. Cause you can't find them in Madagascar. You can't find them, you know, in Russia necessarily. It's just very unusual. And, and they're the most deadliest to my understanding. Is that, is there any truth to that? Well, yeah, uh, pretty much everything in Australia wants to kill you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, um, a, you know, like the kangaroos don't really want to kill you, but if you approach the wrong one, then they will grab your shoulders with their front hands, like their little tiny hands, mm-hmm. they sit back on their tail and they kick the living shit out of you. Pardon the French. That's, oh, no, please. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll hook in with their, their back feet straight into your stomach while hanging onto your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing left here. And uh, the crocodiles, our, our crocodiles, I mean, you've got alligators, but we, we've got two versions of crocodiles. We've got saltwater and freshwater. Yeah. The freshwater ones we can swim with, but if they're in mating season, they get a bit cranky, so yeah. they will chase you. And if they're bigger than you, they, they likely would want to eat you. And the salties, well, you really shouldn't play where there's a big salty because they're extremely fast and very silent. That's, that's, that's incredible. But you know, there's such a fascination mm-hmm. and you and I, we've talked about this in, in, um, a very spirited, uh, great length, uh, with the crocodile and then the crocodile Dundee. And that was really, I think the first time ever, I think what Paul Hogan in, in crocodile Dundee did for Australia is kind of what the Beatles did for England in a way. Yeah. And it really opened up the door to the world, the curtains. They're like, this is Australia, you know? Well, yeah. That, and through the true outback Australia, it's not the city Australia. The right. city Australia is the same as the city in New York or something like that, that, that the people walk around and that they wouldn't, you know, know anything that's going on really. Most of them, um, according yeah. to them, the outback of Australia is just on the wildlife channel. But <laughs> to, to actually be a bloke that, that 
has lived and spent over 20 years in the outback of Australia, well mm -hmm. away from the cities. And um, quite often I, I rely on the, the bush foods and all that sort of stuff to, you know, for my own survival. Right. It, um, yeah, it, it's everything. Good protein. Everything for something. Yeah. yeah. So it just, it was, it was something that I thought was, I was fascinated with as a kid. I wanted to be, uh, you know, I want to be the crocodile Dundee. I mean, it was like the coolest character. It was just everything was so cool and unusual and different about it. Then to go there at the age of six, I was, I was six years old, and to go to the uh, Sydney Zoo, I believe it was, whatever the biggest zoo is in uh, Sydney, yeah. and to hold a, 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 a koala was just just one of those moments I still remember. It was like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah. Really cool stuff. Um, so – have what is the perception i'm gonna i'm gonna ask nikki too because we have to um add some estrogen to this conversation i, I feel sure. yeah, you don't want to be all about the the um the, the bloke side of stuff oh. we need a woman's input yeah, yeah i know I, we're like totally just getting masculine all the way over here but uh <laughs> so, so nikki i gotta ask you you know um i've kind of conveyed uh from an American perspective of what we kind of, you know, our, our feelings towards Australia and uh, what is, what, what was the perception of the U S uh, for you? Would you say, you know, growing up and, you know, to present day? Um, well, I did Europe back in 98 and I traveled a lot with um, quite a lot of American people. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> American people and um, you know like they had the perception that we had kangaroos you know hopping across <laughs> the that's crazy so uh, they were always so curious to hear my stories about Australia and, um, and I'm like I'm a country girl myself so um, yeah yeah that, that, that's so funny isn't that funny our perception because it's almost like your wildlife is more famous than anything in Australia, you know? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah I mean, and, and getting to know them and, um, you know, like um, I actually I actually thought to myself, I would I would love to go to America and, and um, get to experience America. I guess yeah. growing up it was probably not somewhere I, I, I did sort of want to get right. to for a destination but um after traveling with them and and like they wanted yeah. to get to know me so much well in the end well i was i enjoyed getting to know them as well and i thought yeah i'd love to go to america and experience it and i mean you've got such a, a huge vast um countryside yourselves um there. oh yeah a lot yeah. of variety a lot of variety yes. yes you know and you know what the contrast is like you would come here and you wouldn't be like oh where's your bald eagles you know <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that is. Look, where's the bald yeah. eagles that I heard about? Nobody's just, asking. Where's the rattlesnakes? I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the, it's quite different. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. You know, like, you've got beautiful big national parks like the Rockies. We do. Yeah. We do. There, there's just it's it's just whatever you want. Like in California alone. Like I, I grew up, I'm from Southern California. I'm from the beach. I'm from Huntington Beach, Orange County, Surf City, USA. We hold the title. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if we want to go to the mountains, we got Big Bear Mountain. That's about an hour and a half 
north. Oh, you know, beautiful. Amazing. You want to go to the beach, it's about 20 minutes, 20 minute, 30 minute drive, you know, just down south a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. If you want big city, big lights, uh, you have Hollywood, uh, which is about a 30 minute drive, but with traffic about an hour and a half because it's LA and Santa Monica, San Diego. And if you really want to live it up and we got Vegas, which is like four hours, you know, four hour of a drive, everyone goes. So, so I think if I come to America, Dean, I need to come for at least six months. Huh? To experience yeah, it exactly. <laughs> but the, the problem with that, which is very hard to find one, but if I had, if I was forced to find one is when you grow up in that environment where everything is at your fingertips, everything that you could ever possibly truly care about uh, as a uh, individual is right there. You kind of, you know, especially as a young people, you don't really think about, you know, issues in other countries or you don't have that uh, imagination of, oh, what are they doing over there in Melbourne or Perth or, you know, St. Yeah. Petersburg, you know, like yeah. you said, travel. It, it's yeah. let alone concern about other states in the country. You know, you don't really people can even tell you all the other 50 states. You have, like, a, you have a world, a world, a, a world around you at your own doorstep. But. Yeah, Disney World. Yeah, Disneyland, right there. Exactly. Yeah. But, but for me, is and it's probably why we're talking today. Is I had, I was adopted by my grandparents who retired uh, to raise me. So they retired from their their careers. You know, my grandmother was a nurse. My uh, grandfather was uh, in the Navy for twenty two years in the post office. He was in uh, World War Two, then Vietnam, if you can imagine. Like the oldest guy. So they raised me. And part of the, the upbringing was to travel on cruises. Uh, I, I remember being my first tuxedo at the age of four. There's a picture of me. Yeah. And then the other picture was me. I fell asleep in my spaghetti bowl on that. Summer <laughs> night. I, I think you're talking about now, don't you? Hey, I was going to say not much has changed. <laughs> You just want that tuxedo anymore, Dean? No, no. I still, I still fall asleep right after eating. It's terrible. But, but I had, I had that spark and that curiosity that was given to me and installed to me. Maybe in the same way that Jim's upbringing, uh, you know, your family, your father, people installed your that love for the outdoors. You know, to do things and be and, and appreciate nature and you know, have fun and play in it. Well, the same thing, you know, with me and travel. And I said that this, this lifetime is so short and to be concerned about stupid dramas, whether at school or in your local neighborhood, doesn't mean anything when I should be focused on like, how am I going to greet the world and, and travel around it? That's all I wanted to do. And, I, and it really opened up my eyes. And as you know, Nikki, you, when you travel, you have other backpackers with you from you know, different countries. And it, the travel community is probably by far the coolest community in the world with all the people you meet at hostels. I've also um, been to a lot of countries around the world um, in my travels and so forth. I haven't actually been to America before, but I think I've almost been to everywhere else. Um, but the same thing, like you say, that the community of the travelers is amazing like even in the outback you get a lot of backpackers and stuff over yeah more different countries and 
um, I've, I've had more interaction with people from other countries than I have with people from my own country. I think. Oh, yeah. By being out in the outback, you know, like I'll, I'll be driving down the road and there'll be someone broken down on the side of the road and they've, they've got a 600 mil bottle of water on them and it's just about empty and they look dehydrated and you pull up and say, what are you doing? And so trying to cross the Australian desert, um, someone told us to bring lots of water so we got a big bottle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not a big bottle, you know, like that's, that's nowhere near enough water to go across the middle of Australia with here. <laughs> Have 20 litres to take with you, you know? And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's stuff it's, like that. And, you know, I tell people, especially uh, young people, is the, the best thing you can do, and Nikki's probably uh, experienced this too, is get lost in a foreign country, go off the beaten pathway. And work your way back, have a map with you, and meet the locals. Stay away from the tourist traps. Yeah. And it's the greatest education, and I think the greatest form of peace is peace through uh, travel and understanding. Yeah. And it's incredible. Stay in a hostel for, for a weekend, and you'll meet the world. Yeah. And it's, um, it's also something that, that they can never teach you in a school, no matter how much study you do, unless you've gone yeah. out and experienced it yourself. You've really got no idea of what it is, what it feels like to be there, or in any of that circumstances. True, um, true. It it is so true. I've been lost in Hong Kong before. That was terrifying, and um, they wound up dropping me off at a discotheque with, with with hookers everywhere. That that's what they do because they get kicked back. Yeah, I well, said okay. I said because I was I was wondering why these two girls really liked me. I said, well, wow, they really like me. Then I found, oh, they're prostitutes. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah see see and then and then uh, i got lost in athens greece yeah and oddly enough believe it or not they did the same thing to me the taxi driver he dropped me off at a brothel trying to get kickback i'm like man every oh. every country i go to these people are trying to get me laid all the time why maybe you need it <laughs> <laughs> well well those two stories are any indication of that um so anyways, but, but I got to say, that is the biggest downer about everything happening right now in the world, you know, in this World War Three module, yeah. is I tailored my entire life uh, for, to do, you know, my craft and everything I do. But a lot of that was, uh, you know, going to you know, also include uh, traveling, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, filming and uh, filming travel uh, type of uh, programs and you know, documentaries. Yeah. I, I went to, uh, you know, it's I went to Sydney. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, but that's how I got to go to Melbourne and then uh, Queenstown in New Zealand is, is, is through, through a film. Yeah. And the fact that we can't do that now is such a, it's a shame mm. that we have to be. Why can't you do you that now? Because it's life thing. Because it's life. That was life. That well, what we wanted to do and what we were, we're so fulfilled doing. Uh, I know. Part of this, and, and this is what they're trying to take away from us. Yeah, they're, they're trying to take friendship away from mm. the people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's what the uh, lockdowns are for, isn't it? It's, <clears throat> and, you know, the, the don't don't hug each other and don't talk to your neighbor. Cover your face and, and mm -hmm. uh, stay away and don't, don't talk to anybody else. And, if you go near someone, you might catch a disease that'll kill you. Well, sorry to say, yeah. but if you live in Australia, there's a good chance that something else will kill you, not your neighbour. You know? Exactly. 
Exactly. And what's the point? If you're not enjoying life anyway, you know, mm-hmm. you go out, you enjoy yourself, it, at some point you're going to die. So either you're going to enjoy life and die or you're going to be miserable and die. So why not go and enjoy life and experience things and then die? That's that. Well, that that exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, it it's. I think the just the collectivism that has just seemed to have just been highlighted the last two years. I mean, I remember being in New Zealand, and I was in uh, Queenstown, which is if you haven't been to Queenstown out there in New Zealand, it is one of the most beautiful, majestic places in the world. Um, they filmed. Lords of the Ring down there. Well, that's in the and, south. Yeah. yeah, that's in the south, the opposite ends of uh, uh, Oakland. It's yeah, just I've incredibly... Been, I've only been to the North Island. Not so. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. It's just incredible. Just beautiful. Um, I mean, you know, $20 beers have never tasted so good before. Uh, it was just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, they... <laughs> Believe me, I nursed that beer for about an hour. What happened was a one later joke. What are you on your tenth beer? No, number one. Um, I even went wine tasting down there because you know we, we we get the imports out out here. Uh, incredible, incredible. I actually had the New Zealand white cheddar. Just just sensational. I didn't know that it was New Zealand that invented putting the egg on the burger ordeal. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm telling you, I, I must have gained 50 pounds when I came home. People didn't recognize me. What? Um, yeah, I, I went there looking like a, a young Elvis. I came back looking like Elvis on his last day. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> so, but I noticed something, and I, you might have seen this if you've been to New Zealand. I was in a bar, minding my own business with my group of people, and I was telling. God forbid, I was telling a story about the the fake death of Jim Morrison. Now, according to the bartender, from the look on his face and his actions, you would have thought I was talking about how uh, slavery is good and how, um, you know, women shouldn't be allowed to drive. Just something, you know, offensive or something or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Jim Morrison did it. And he grabbed my beer and told me, I'm going to have to leave the bar because uh, my offensive speech. So, yeah, exactly. So naturally I did what any American would do. I said, you can't, I said, you can't do that to me. I'm American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the worst thing you can do. It's slightly below saying, do you know who I am? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which everybody should at least say one of those two at least once in their life just to see what happens yeah <laughs> yeah i managed to do both but um <clears throat> so i said oh my god they, they must have some really hardcore uh collectivism down here all right okay yeah so i left the bar uh i, I had choice words whatever and the same applied in, in Sydney when I was down there drinking. You know, they, I had to watch myself. I couldn't talk like we I usually do. Uh, this was 2015. My cousin, yeah. who was a nurse, who, who thinks I'm a complete idiot just by since birth. You know, that's just her. I uh, dared to say the, the thought and the idea of 
clean, you know, because she was talking about miracle jabs and all that. I'm like, you know, because I didn't want to press the issue all the way back then. But I said, you know, there should be something called like clean, you know, clean vaccines. You know, people should know what's in them. Oh, she thought you would have thought I insulted the the queen and everybody in Australia. What I said, I almost got asked to leave uh, the house I was staying at with my uncle and because of that. So, so what the hell is wrong with the Australian people and this, this form of collectivism and offensive uh, nature by them? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's all about the indoctrination. Um, she'll be right, mate. Yeah, the, the, the she'll be right, mate. It's, it's always there. Like, Blue eyes in our water, they're dumbed down. You think so? Yeah. This is all about the city, the city stuff, and and the reason I've spent so long in the country and in the bush is um, mainly because that the city people, uh, you know, if, if you talk to each one of them one on one, they're just a normal person. But when you put them in a big group, nobody talks to anybody. Everyone gets offended by anything. Um, if you meet them out the same person, four hundred kilometers in the middle of nowhere then there's a chance that they'll be happy to see you and they're not going to be angry at you because you're the, the first person that they've seen in three months or something, you know? Well, that that's a that's a really good theory. And Nikki, do you subscribe to that theory too? Or do you, do you have something slightly um, complimentary or, or uh, contrast? No. That's... The, the country people are always a We're lot, always a lot so more approachable. And, yeah. 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 You can go to a bar in Sydney. I, I know living in Sydney, my years and just coming from the country, and I'd go to a, a bar in Sydney, and I could easily just spot a country person to go and speak to. Um, really? Yeah, such a contact. Yeah, and, and always such a friendly face compared to yeah, um, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the city people are so wrapped up in everything because. You know, they're, they're driving from A to B in the traffic and they're stuck in their cars for, you know, an hour and a half so they can drive 10 kilometres or, you know, five mile or whatever you want to put it. And then um, if you're out in the middle of the country, if you want to go and visit your next-door neighbour, you, you've got to drive 40 miles to visit your next-door neighbour. Mm-hmm. They're going to be glad to see somebody because they haven't been able to yeah. talk for so long, you know? Uh, yeah, bit, yeah. See the old... Uh, the old man sitting on the side of the road that, you know, his wife's been dead for 10 years and his, his friends are all gone. You know, mm. start a conversation with him. But the next thing you're going to have is, you know, a four-hour conversation because he hasn't had anyone to talk to for mm. so long. Mm. It's the wow. same, same mm. process. Yeah, I can see that. And you know what I noticed too? The most decadent of societies around the world, like the, uh, the vacation spots, uh, the, you know, the big cities where it's very decadent technology yeah. are kind of the places that really have fallen under this spell of the, the Corona Palooza, you know, mind control. Yeah. 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 yeah have well, you noticed? Well, the, the other thing too, is the country people don't often have TVs and things like that. So we don't even know what's going on. Well, we've got so much to do <laughs> on the land that we don't have much time to spend. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Too busy out doing fences, or you know, chasing your cattle around, or, or whatever. You, do. mm-hmm. you don't sit home for you know, fourteen, sixteen hours a day watching TV or sleeping or both. 
Well, um, let me, but let me test, let me test the water here just to be the, um, the conjecture, uh, lobbyist here. Is there a downside that to that as well? Because, you know, it's, it's really a lot of the uninformed, not that any of those uninformed are here tonight, but almost the uninformed who are so busy working, as you say, that they may not know what's coming and who's taking over and how that's going to affect them in, in the long run. Because, you know, there's a lot of people here that just don't have time to know who their school superintendent is or their local congressperson, who, you know, they think the tax, oh, the tax went up five cents. Okay, big deal. It's yeah. because they're so busy working, the kids and everything in, in the ranch, that some of those people, it's come back to bite them in the end, or it's too late, and it's a bigger battle by the time they wake up. Do you, do you, do you think there's that component to it? Because I, I can see some of that in, in, in situations. They enslave themselves to the system. The country has, has um, developed the mint. I mean, like you just mentioned, Dean, working too busy. Um, yeah. why, they don't really have much of a life because, you know, they've work, houses, mortgage, every 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 bits and pieces that go along with that. And then they've got the ch their children. I mean, how often do you go out for dinner and you sit at the table and you're looking around the restaurant and you can see families out at dinner and their kids are on their iPod or their iPhone. There's no conversation at the table anymore. Oh, I know. I hate, I hate that. I hate that. When it, when it comes to the country people, you'll find that they don't actually lose touch with what's going on. But what happens is because you're in a country town, the town might only have 100 people in it. And rather than being the city, if you've got 2,000 people in it, you, you probably know about 10 people if you're lucky in that town. But in the country, you'll know everyone in the town. And if anything big is going on, the, the, the people around the town will fill you in, you know. You know what I would do if I had if I had a kids if I like had a son and I, we were at dinner as Nikki described and I was talking to him and he was on like his iPad or whatever you know what I do I get the iPad and I break it over his head <laughs> I would I would well, throw it in the lobster fish tank or something yeah like yeah. yeah I would I would uh, you know when I was really young uh, if you were eating with your mouth open uh, my father would get your plate and uh, make you eat outside in the car. Yeah. Now, uh, natural that never really happened to me, but I've seen him do it to his uh, other children, and I think we lost that. Uh, we lost that true grit, that yeah. true value of what really matters, which is the moments, the memories, the uh, you know the, the the true conversations between uh, humans. Yeah. You know? yeah. And well, I and I know where it stems from, and you guys might might agree with me because I, I did the research um, early morning. Very early because I couldn't sleep, so I should research. It all stems from the emoticon. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. The emoticons, the happy face, the sad face, the winky face, the kissy face, the sad face, the angry face. It's all there. All the expressions are there at the yeah, tip so of you your don't. finger. Yeah, so you don't have to yeah. put it on your face. Yeah. You can see. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. lazy. Yeah. Well, of course I made us lazy. Do you know when I was um, – in my early 20s and I had my computer business, I actually discovered something um, that was the simplest way to make money. And the simplest way to make money was to make something that could assist people to be lazy. The, lazy, the product that you can make that 
help someone not have to do something is the product that will make a lot of money. The, the more you can assist someone in being lazy, the more money you will make from it. It's true. It's true. Because you don't have yes. time to waste on this. You'd rather just something else do it for you because you're so busy in your life. And the right. same goes with, well, put your kids it's in daycare lot. and school because you don't have time for them. So then they grow up without their parents. Well, what have they got left? All they've got left is the indoctrination. That's right. That was the whole point of the Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah, to, so where the family go, the family unit, it's completely and utterly destroyed because everyone's mm -hmm. too busy due to the laziness. And the, the, the kids today, God, we probably sound old to a bunch of kids right now if they're watching, listening. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> back in my day. Yeah, back in my day. The, the kids today will never have to know the anxiety, the pressure, the, the pure terrifying feeling a young boy has when he has to call a girl on the telephone and her father picks up the phone and you have to ask, uh, hi, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. McGregor, is your daughter Nikki Homer? You know, like there yeah, is so yeah. much, you know what I mean? The old, the old dial phone where you had to do the oh. and wait for it to come back. And yes. then someone answers the phone at the other end and, and it's the parents of the person you want to speak to. Oh, up, the up, worst. Up, 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 I still, uh, uh, Oh, uh, I get butterflies. Um, hang, up, hang up the phone and try again in five minutes and hope it's not the same one answering. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that, Jim. Oh, my God. You just yeah. – I'm having flashbacks. Yes. I totally yeah. did that maneuver. Oh, that was your dad answered the phone, and that was so bad. I couldn't oh. talk. I had to hang up. Oh, Thank my God. There wasn't any, like, call recognition or anything then, you know? Now, now, from the girl's point of view, Nikki, how, how did you, would you have to plan when a boy would call you so your father or mother or whatever didn't pick up the phone? Because to me, that was kind of the move I made back then because I, I hated talking to the parents because they were like really Catholic and they hated me. Like, <laughs> I just remember just thinking how excited I was to actually get a phone call back oh. then. Like, Compared to these days with your mobile phone, it's just constant. But um, yeah, yeah. I grew up without a mobile phone by your side and using, you know, an actual dial phone. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's actually a call maybe, you know, once a week or, or whatever it was, maybe once a fortnight. It's like so exciting. And, oh, it was. It was. And, it was a big and deal. It was a huge deal. I mean, they don't even know the huge leap forward we had as young people when the, the invention – in distribution of call waiting came out. That was a huge moment. Well, answering machines. Oh, yeah, answering machines. Yeah, yeah, because you get home and you go, there's a message. Push the button. Someone hanging up. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, they're, and you could custom make your answering machine. Like for me, I don't know if you guys did this, but uh, I, I I was like, really young, but I did um, – I had the song White Wedding by Billy Idol playing behind me. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and I would pretend to be Billy Idol. You've reached <laughs> over. Leave a message now. You know? <laughs> that was my answer machine. <laughs> white wedding. <laughs> Coming for a white wedding. <laughs> exactly. There, see, there was creativity in the answer machine. Kids have no idea. Just download it. It's easier, you know. As I said, go back yeah. to the lazy. 
Oh, it's just it's so much easier. We just you don't have to make your own message. Someone else has already made one. Just download it. And there, there's just too much accessibility to us yeah. by yeah. everything, everyone. Yeah. You know, I, I still go out to communities out in the middle of the bush, and it's actually good because yeah, some of the communities I've been to with the Aboriginals and stuff like that, um, it's, instead of seeing kids on iPads and stuff, I've, I've seen kids playing with uh, like an empty Coca-Cola can and pushing it around through the dirt, pretending the Coca-Cola can is a, a toy car and making his own jumps and stuff and using the Coke yeah. can as his toy car, you know? That, yeah. That's the sort of stuff we used to have to do as kids. If we wanted a cubby house, we had to build one. Now that just go to Bunnings and buy one, you know, or order one yeah. online yeah. or something rather than, you know, and we actually spent time outdoors. We spent time in the nature. We spent, you know, time getting dirt under your fingernails and in your mouth and, or your hair and whatever else. That's know? right. But that's yeah. how we grew up. What? If I was inside for longer than five minutes and the sun was out, I'd have yeah. a red ass because my mum would be kicking it all the way out the door. Get the bloody hell outside, boy. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't make me make you get your father out there with the belt. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 It was uh, It was like that. Yeah. We were, yeah. I think everybody was outdoorsman. You know, now it's. Get here now. What do you think you're doing outside? You know, it's the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, we had Tonka trucks played in the dirt. We had, you know, riding my bike all over oh, the place. In the, the, yeah. the whole night. Yeah. Riding a bike and building cubby houses. My sister and I were always building cubby houses. That mm -hmm. riding our bike. Now, what are cubby houses for the, uh, the, the Americans, uh, North American audience here. How is that like a dollhouse or, or Lincoln logs or Legos? What do you exactly? No, no, no like, um, you know, know, like building a fort. You oh, know, okay, like, okay. You've got your dining table and you throw a blanket over it and everyone hides underneath it. And oh, like building tents. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. What was that fun? I used to build tents in my living room and make my grandparents sleep in it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what we're talking about. That's our cubby house. That's what we call yeah, cubby house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, there was some good sports about it, too. Like, you know, clearly there are rooms right there, but. Yeah, yeah. get out and sleep in the tent with me. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is your yeah. spot, your spot, and I'm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, why do you think we were fascinated by tents as, as like, children? What was the fact, like, to me now, I see tents, and I'm like, okay, that's, you know homeless you know or whatever but i i it wouldn't like i think it's you know, associated with camping and when you associate it with camping it means uh being outdoors being okay that's what it is okay the term happy camper comes yeah. from all that and yeah, I, yeah. I don't know because i've been camping a few times in yosemite i'm sure you've heard that place mm -hmm. and uh one of the natural I, wonders yeah. the sequoia trees you know those huge huge redwoods I've seen it. You, you know why sex is always better when you're camping? You know, you, you'd have to tell me. I've never uh, crossed that Rubicon. Oh, because it's fucking intense. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's... Sorry, I just No, no I, that makes all the sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know... Um, yeah, I was uh, I was going to talk about happy campers, but you know, I think that that uh, I think that 
is a, yeah. a, a better description of it all. And uh, but you know, if you do come to the states, you have to go to uh, Yosemite, one of those wonders of the world, like Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain yeah, yeah. Cool. is just incredible. Mm. So, anyways, besides all that, uh, just kind of you know, w- without kind of reshoveling or rehashling, rehashling, is that, that's not even a word. <laughs> rehashing, rehashing what, you know, the convoy and all that stuff, because people yeah. have heard that story. And I'm sure that, you, that you're uh, yeah. kind of just, oh, not that again. It's kind of like, yeah. uh, I'm sure the Stones still hate, I'm sure they hate playing Satisfaction on, in their set. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, oh. it's Groundhog Day all over again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. But, um, but you, you know, you have, you have a, you have a good role, I think, an important position whether chosen or just by default. Yeah. As kind of showing and representing the true Australia and the nature and kind of repackaging it in a way back to your fellow countrymen. Yeah. Uh, of a better way to live, a cleaner way to live, right? Healthier. Uh, yeah. In a way out of the um, this matrix. If, 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 am I correct on that as far as our articulation would pose? Yeah, yeah. This is this is my whole thing. The whole the whole time is is to mm. show people that they can live without this controlling um, massive idiots in front of everything. You know, if we actually want to dissolve the government, the easiest way to do it is just act like they don't exist. You know, um, let people get back to nature. Let people have a community spirit again. Teach people how to grow vegetables, and and instead of me saying I've got I'm a builder and I've been a builder for 20 years and what have I done with it? I've built houses. Instead of saying that, I can say, I'm a builder. I've got the knowledge how to build. Instead of me working for 20 years, building houses, I'm going to teach every person that I go to to help build a house. I'm going to teach them how to build a house so they can teach someone else how to build a house. And then the next person says, well, instead of me doing lawns all my life, I'm going to teach people how to do that or gardens or whatever. And if everybody actually taught the skills to each other, Mm-hmm. We, we wouldn't have a need for a profession. We'd actually have a working community. Right. You know, and back in those days, mainly the U.S., when there was like, you know, representatives, as you would say, they were normal yeah. people. They were farmers. They were blacksmith. They mm-hmm. would do their representing in the little town square, then go back and, you know, continue to make uh, whatever blacksmith makes. I only know them to make anvils uh, yeah. from the, you know, from those old days. Hmm. And, uh, but somehow, some way, <laughs> right? Somehow, some way along the line, those farmers, blacksmiths, and uh, you know, local business owners turned into just all lawyers. In yeah, <laughs> just it's like wait a minute, I don't really like lawyers to begin with as a whole. Now they're representing everybody in other countries on our behalf. So, what yeah, you say, I- you know, getting back to basics really does make sense. It certainly and, does. Uh, and having a community spirit and helping each other. And instead of walking past your, your next door neighbor and laughing at them because their lawn or their, their house doesn't look as good as yours, why don't you go next door and say, hey, look, I can see that you're struggling to make that look good. Would you like mm-hmm. me to help? And if, if everybody in the world done that to one person, that in itself would change the world overnight. And you know what? In People are like, well, that it's a scary proposition. And obviously – it's not something, you know, you just jump into head first. It, it's something you do gradually, like from 
like you said, learning how to grow a living thing, you know, like a tomato, little things yeah. like that over time, little by little, finding a skill, yeah. a trade. Anything. And then anything you know, that's how it Baby steps. You know, the whole, the whole idea of life is learning. Learning how to not only love yourself, but to, you know, it's part of the Bible, love thy neighbor. Not dob thy neighbor in because their plants are too tall or going over your fence or um, their dog shit on your front lawn or something. If their dog shit on your front lawn, oh, too bad. It's shit on your front lawn, you know? Yeah, that's what I've been saying. And why but, is everyone fighting each other? Why are they, why are they not helping each other? You know, that's what make that's what makes Australians really unique in a way is uh, back to basics. And as someone who loves, who's always loved Australian music per se, you know, yeah. I've, I've ACDC. Uh, I, I've seen the band Jet twice, uh, the Vines. It, that music in particular, it's really basic if you think about it. It's just basic, you know, like because yeah. I'm as a musician, ACDC has always been known as well. A basic drum beat, and then you know, kind of the same riff. But that's what makes them great is they they were only trying to do stuff they love in the the most basic, innocent form they knew how to do it. And that's a kind of what you're talking about. So what I'm saying is, you're kind of the ACDC of the Outback, is where I'm getting it. Certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's how- well, that's that's another thing too. I mean, you being a music man. Um, you, you know that um, music actually helps, you know, everybody. It, it's just one of them things that w- once you start hearing music and it, it brings people along, you know, they start dancing together yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's actually a, a, a really good concept. Yeah. Music, food, laughter, and travel, food. travel, yeah, yeah. laughter, food. Though, to me, those are the greatest elements you can ever have. You know, they say yeah. breaking bread, breaking bread. Mm. Which, so, you know, just to kind of sum it all up as we kind of, um, look, we've already, we've gone, uh, we've, it feels like I've already traveled, doesn't it? It feels like I've traveled. Listen to that. Sorry, just had to throw that back. Oh, no, 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 no. I love it. In fact, I want to get more of that. I would love to get more of that, uh, towards the end here, but, um. It just, it's been a journey, but uh, I have to ask. So um, now how do you, how do you guys know each other? Cause uh, Nikki, I think you're in the city and um, Jim, you're, you're somewhere in a undisclosed location between a, a kangaroo and a bush. I'm actually in the country too. Okay. You're in the country too. Okay. Yeah. But we are, we are from opposite sides of, the, of Australia. We're, we're usually we're about, um, Four and a half to five thousand kilometers apart. Okay, we'd equate to around about two and a half thousand miles apart. Now, uh, now, how did how did you guys meet from such a far distance? Is it uh, just by chance you were at the same place at the same time? Because the, the Australia is quite huge. I don't think people. I think it's a bigger landmass than uh, the U.S. Yeah. I'll let Nikki explain this one for you. Yes, Nikki, you're in the hot seat. Uh, please pull pull up here. <laughs> um, so, how did you meet the the uh, the master the chef? Master the chef. <laughs> well, I, I knew he was the king of the convoy to begin with, um, and I've got to only got to know how much um, more there is to Jim in more more recently. But um, 
being being um, there in Canberra when we had Epic and just I'm always at the rallies that we're having around mm. the countryside and um, yeah, that's, I, I knew I knew a lot about Jim from that. Yeah. But um, yeah, we we she she's seen a post that I'd, I'd done an interview with someone and, and it turned up on a, a chat group on the Telegram and Nikki mm. um, commented on it. Not oh. not really a hundred percent knowing that the the. That I was actually was... commenting towards Jim. I didn't realise it was Jim that had actually posted on this. Yeah, I'd, oh. I'd, I'd posted the thing and, and Nikki had responded and said, I, I think Jim should, uh, you know, run run as our Prime Minister for the country and, and be running the country because he's, he's such a good soul and everything else. And I replied to her within about two minutes and I, I think Nikki fell off a chair. Because I didn't realise it was. <laughs> oh, and, my God. Uh, and then uh, a couple of minutes later she just decided, I oh, bugger this, I'm giving him a video call. So she, she rang me on the video call and oh. uh, we, we spent about six hours staring at each other on the phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, not uh, said, you didn't even say a word. You were just staring at each other in silence. Oh, that is... Is there a re- recording of this? I'd love to at least see a 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, all you have to do is We still do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, she's done that, and then Nikki said that like uh, tomorrow is Nikki's birthday, by the way. Oh. And, uh, hey, can I can I be the first American to tell you happy birthday? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Happy and, uh, birthday. That would explain the uh, the surf and turf picture that you sent me, which I'm extremely jealous of because I yeah, have the Iron it. Chef there. That's it. Oh my God. So that- so so you were staring at each other for six hours and yeah. you could just the pheromones were leaking through the the uh the virtual screen there yeah and yeah. um I, I said to nikki that uh oh maybe i'll have to come and visit for your birthday mm-hmm. um and, and then within two days i was on a plane and uh come across oh, to go. see nikki mm-hmm. and we, we've um not really left each other's side since so well, uh, I don't. Unfortunately, my truck is still on the other side of the country, and my dogs are on the other side of the country. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I've got a friend looking after them for me. Well, uh, but, now are you kind of like me, Jim? Because I, I think that uh, we have some similarities in the sense that I, I've always been a guy that uh, you know, people like us, we, we get into some hardcore issues, as as you know, and we talk, um, do some tough talk, and do some actions that. Yeah. We're just so in the game that, you know, we can't even think or fathom that uh, oh, there, there might be someone who, who could possibly love staring at us for six hours. Is that hard yeah. to imagine when, when you're in the war game, you know, in the zone? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, yeah. That, Nikki, to me, at the moment is, um, I, don't know, I don't know how to put it, other than tell me, something tell me. that was completely unexpected that right. I never thought. Was, would ever ever be possible? Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought I was just going to die as a lonely old man in the bush. Um, you know, especially being that I, I'm quite staunch in um, fighting against corruption and all the other stuff going on, and trying to save humanity and the country yeah. and everything else. And uh, this beautiful soul just popped out of nowhere, and bit hard to miss. And something I, I never dreamed would ever, ever, ever come across my life. But 
I haven't seen it before, right. and I don't think I'll ever see it again. So I'm not in any hurry to lose it, that's for sure. Well, it's very nice that you would say that about me, but let's talk about Nikki for a minute. Um, <laughs> Nikki, I, I'm very, very flattered. Thank you, uh, Jim. That's very sweet of you, honestly, seriously. Yeah, but so back to Nikki. Uh, actually, that that was, um, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm, I'm tearing up or I, I just, because everything you said, not to be... Um, melodramatic or otherwise but everything you said is is actually i think what a lot of guys are, are feel you know in our position whether it's actually on the ground or on this level of media um, yeah. is that we're so in the game we're like for instance i'm so in the game i'm so in the you know, the creative zone which is part of the game and, and getting things done timing and everything that i'm like oh my god i forgot to take my laundry out of the washer and it should have been in the dryer like days ago yeah, you know, like yeah. you go back to it, it stinks, it's moldy, and, yeah. And then you think, oh, well, I, need, I now need to go to the shop and I've got to go and buy another set of yeah. clothes and the jocks and stuff like yeah. that. And, that, and that we just we're that. not thinking about those things that make us, you know, healthy, yeah, you know, yeah, like longevity. Yeah. Like, okay, we're just accepting our death, we're, we're gonna die and doing what we do, and that's it. And then like, oh, shit, I don't have any socks because I never want, you know, it's just like we're not thinking about those things that are subtle but are important. Yeah. And um, but and, and but when we do find those things that you mentioned, it really does change us. Like like we're like, oh, my God, what, what is this? What's going on? I, like I know exactly how you feel. It's, yeah. Uh, it's undescribable. Yeah. It's yeah. um. It's like if you had a garden for years and it just you said weeds were only growing. And then one day, like a patch of, you know, um, just flowers and dandelions growing, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of a sudden there's, there's flowers and, and you're yeah. like, catching it. Where did that yeah. Come from? <laughs> we live in a desert. They're starting to grow or whatever. I would have watered them. There they are. Yeah. Exactly. Where, where do these white tigers come from? And, yeah. you know, palm trees and. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's very relatable, and it's very relatable. And uh, the fact that you could even say that, I think, actually, is going to help a lot of people out there who well, who, are, because, who do relate to that. I mean, I, I I wouldn't have thought for a million years that I'd find someone that's so perfect for myself, especially in the, the busy sort of schedule that I have. And yeah, complimentary. I'm, I'm a lot, yeah. lot like yourself where I'm constantly involved in doing a lot of things yeah. a lot of time. And um, for my flower to pop out of the garden in the front yard, like, I'll, I'm blown away. You know, like, I'm, I'm still stuck. Now, I'm actually stuck to the point where I'm surprised we're actually having this conversation because I've been so blown away by it all, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it, I'm, I'm like, it makes me happy to see uh, people that, that are, like, right there with me. Uh, you know, yeah. countries, you know, oceans apart, uh, yeah. very relatable because it is a beautiful thing. And um, because a lot of people would, would shun just like not even go there because they're just so uh, used to not being there. You know, we're, we're creatures of yeah. habit. Yeah, not, not uh, only that, but just the thought that, well, it hasn't happened like for me. You know, I'm 45 now and I'm thinking, well, if I haven't found love yet, then... <laughs> Obviously, I'm not meant to, or something like that. Yeah. What's her? And <laughs> it's you know, not myself. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's it's not. 
it doesn't mean that everyone will find it, but I can tell you what, don't give up hope. No. Definitely don't no. give up hope. No, yeah. And you're still riding the wave, you know? You're, certain, yeah. you're, you're, you're the surfer still on the, uh, the the wave, and it's like, it's a, it's an even wave, and it's it's the most beautiful thing, too. Just like a beautiful meal that's organic, when there's it's totally organic, there's no mm-hmm. fraud, force of coercion, or additives, or GMOs, and it's just... And, you know, with anybody, even just a great, great friend you can have. And it's, it is a, it's one of the most healthiest things you can do for yourself is to have an open mind like you guys have, because yeah. it does help you be a better fighter because you're a fighter because you're a lover. You're fighting yeah. for the things you love. That's what made the convoy happen to start with is that yeah. I, I, I fought not for myself in any which way, shape, or form when I started the convoy. That's not why I started. I started trying to save as many people as I can Yeah. because I've seen how many people were suffering from the lockdowns, from sure. know, one of the highest suicide rates we've ever seen in Australia's history. And the best thing I could think of to do that was to show people that there were other people out there that were the same. And, and, we're a, all there. and it's beautiful. It, it was a beautiful thing. And, and uh, you know, Jim Greer started this uh, convoy movement in Australia. And, and uh, that's how we got to know each other. But but uh, the, the the chance that you're showing, too, by, by give, giving yourself a chance to have an open heart and be vulnerable and take, you know, take the risk like that is giving yourself a chance. And I think that's what a lot of those these fighters out there should do is. Uh, never give up on yourself. You know, yeah, that's the most important part. Yeah. I, I almost had completely given up 100% on myself and thought, well, I'll just do what I can for the people while I'm alive. And if I die, I die. And that was about the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have those days too. I think I'm kind of in that rut uh, past few months lately. But, um, you know, I always think that my, you know, my, my grandmother didn't really meet, she didn't meet her best friend in the whole world until she was like 55 years old. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, we, we can meet some of the greatest people as friends later in life and just not even know it yet. And I always think about yeah. that. What's, what's the pressure is like we were talking about before with the younger generations, yeah. and stuff, you know, that the pressure on us when we were younger. Oh, you don't have a girlfriend, but we all do. Yeah. I remember that. All that sort of stuff, you know. And nowadays, you you appreciate what you do have when you have it. And um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 this last couple of weeks, to me, for myself, has, has opened my eyes a lot. It is. It's that you know what? It, it's the nurturing side, and it's or like nature, like nurturing you, like to open your heart like that. And yeah. it's so important because um, it, we we have to be well-rounded people. And if we're just always in the um, just the fighting platoons out there, you know, you, you burn out fast. You burn out. And uh, the good fighters that are in the, the, the military forces that have been forced to go out to fight for greed and so forth. And, you know, yeah. the, the thing that keeps them alive is that they, they've got someone at home or whatever else. But the, the ones that don't have someone at home, that they should keep fighting too because there is someone out there for them. They just haven't found them yet. Yeah, that's true. That is just words to live by. But uh, we're kind of uh, on our last uh, little minute here. Um, I got to tell you guys, I, th- this has been really awesome to uh, share some late night thoughts with the both of you and just an incredible journey. And uh, kind of in, in my late night thought, just that we're more 
we have more similarities in this world with all of us than differences, I think. Okay. And we all bleed. Yeah. We all, we all need yes. food. That's right. And I think that what you guys are showed and, and your happiness is, I think, is doing a real a service to a lot of people listening out there who well, are going to actually I benefit. Do I don't yeah. want people to be up over at all. No. no. There, are, there are people out there that will always care about you. If you haven't seen them, they'll get them yet. Exactly. So I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what's the best place to find you, Jim and uh, Jim Greer? Um, people are hearing this. I've got a couple of Telegram uh, chats. There's uh, Oz Trucks to Canberra, um, which is at t.me slash Oz Trucks to Canberra. Um, and then there's also uh, t.me slash Jim's Outback. So if anyone wants okay, to awesome. find and, me, and, uh I assume Nikki will be there too in those places, uh, hanging out, and that's where people can find you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wants to sing out to Nikki, they can sing out through me, and and she'll get the message. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we might have some of our uh, lady viewers out there that might some. They might. Hey, they might want some lady advice from our lady of Australia over there. Of course, and I'm yeah. sure Nikki more than happy to help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have the, actually we have the friendliest and most amazing audience in the whole world. I sincerely mean that. We have a lot of Australians, uh, Americans, Canadians, Brits, South African, Philippines. Oh, jeez, uh, oh, Netherlands, yeah. Switzerland. We're, we're all of the same family, really. Mm -hmm. We're all, all bleeding. Yeah, you know, it's incredible. Air and food and stuff. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, I my my uh, I swear my last closing thought is. I wanted to travel. I was unable to travel, but I was, tr I'm traveling now through friendships all over the world. And I know you guys are too. And all of us listening yeah. and that's what real deal media is all about. Jim Greer and Nick, you're all about, but uh, any final late night thoughts for Jim Greer and uh, Nikki, uh, any little last words to the audience out there? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that um, anyone that is out in the audience said, like I said, I don't give up hope. Um, you know, and, and don't let the doom and the gloom and the the, the, the fear. Be the light shining. Yeah, just be the light shining. Just yeah, be be the light. You know, be the light. Be the light. All right, everybody. That's gonna just end it there too. Just a very wonderful, uh, just incredible late night thoughts. Right? We you never know where you're going to wind up and in land here on, on this show. But uh, I want to thank my guest, uh, Jim Greer, the Real life crocodile, yes, real life crocodile Dundee and a secret iron chef. And I want to thank the wonderful, the pleasant, the beautiful Nikki for being here tonight and sharing some of her festive Australian cheer with all of us out there. So, uh, well, until next time out there, uh, I'm Dean Ryan reminding you to always remember to stay tuned and stay awake. Good night, everybody. <laughs>